Coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, we're talking the Super Bowl. And boy, was this one super. We're going to cover the game, the halftime show, the commercials, and more. Plus, reveal the results of our Super Bowl prop bets. It's a Canvas episode of Up for Debate, and it's starting for you right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 74, recorded February 16th, 2017. Super Bowl 51, a comeback story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, uh, the show that is going to talk about the Super Bowl tonight. I'm Sean James, joined, as always, by the ethereal voice of Mr. Matt Mariani. Yeah, um, hello there, Mr. Sean. I, I wish I could appear in person, but the, the game, the Super Bowl game was just so crazy that you know, after I watched it, my, my bodily form disappeared, and I am now just a disembodied spirit. You got transported to a, a non-visual realm. Yes, I, I have been transported to a realm where the, the, the Patriots did not win their fifth Super Bowl in the last, like, two years. And uh, it is a much better realm. Is it? That's for sure. Is it? That, we- that can Yes. Matt, let me is. just say the following phrase. You ready for this? Super Bowl champion Atlanta Falcons. No one wants to hear that. No one. Come on. <laughs> just, that doesn't even sound good, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think that has a better ring to it than the guys that win all the time won again. Oh, but everyone. Oh, come on. Everyone looks at sports <laughs> and, and the. Uh, what, <laughs> what are you. <laughs> What do you have on there? Fantastic. I tied my tie around my head. I look like uh, Solid Snake from the Metal Gear Solid. It's a very hip, very hip reference. All right, I'll go back to to my uh, my realm now. I kind of like that approach where you just pop in when it's relevant, like when we need to see something visual, <laughs> you pop in, and otherwise you just kind of hang out on the sidelines. I like that. Yeah. Um, Matt. Speaking of sidelines, si- those uh, those those sidelines uh, side li- the action on the sidelines there was pretty crazy. I mean, in the beginning of the game, I was I was legitimately concerned for men the well being of many of the people standing on the sidelines. If you if you didn't notice, it seemed like a lot there were a lot of passes that went out of bounds and a lot of uh, people running. Did you not notice that? Uh, no, I didn't think it was any more so than any other game. I don't know. I, I, I think I, it seemed like there were a lot of people that were a lot of people getting hurt on the sidelines. A lot of uh, innocent bystanders there. What? What, I don't know. <laughs> what, what the heck are you talking about? That was something that I, I was. Was there a lot of I col- was watching like the first quarter? Was there a lot of collateral damage? I, I had no know. idea. Well, there was a lot of acrobatics on the part of the of the athletes on the field trying to keep the ball in bounds and trying to well, but not go out of bounds. That's every and game. I think it, no, I think this game. Well, you had Julio Jones, Julio Jones, who was, <laughs> who had who had Julio one catch, one memorable catch, and a, and a bunch of regular he had, catches. He had, a, he had a, a plethora of memorable catches. Matt, he only had four catches in the whole game. Every single one of them was memorable. Okay, memorable all right. All right, stop that. 
<laughs> You're out of control. Matt, we are going to talk about the game. We're going to later talk about the bets. Let's start about the game. I think everyone by now knows the story um, about this game, the comeback story, the the 25-point deficit. Matt, I've got this great list uh, from SportingNews.com, uh, 10 incredible stats from the Patriots' win over the Falcons. And I want to share some of these with you, if that's okay. That's okay. Because I think you, you they tell a good I'm, story. You won't know if I'm actually here or not, because I'm, <laughs> I'm reporting from the ethereal realm. So. You're just going to get up and walk away. <laughs> Be like, apparently Report Matt's had away. enough. <laughs> Matt, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, prior to the Super Bowl this year, teams leading by 25 or more points at any time in an NFL game, right, were their record of the team who was behind, um, they lost 2,655 of those games and won six of them. I was just trying to pretend like I wasn't actually Good here. Lord. This is going to be a long <laughs> evening. So, Matt, only six times in the history of the National Football League has a team come back from a 25-point deficit to win a game. That's 0.2% of the time that 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 you're behind, period. I mean, not, this is not just of winning. Of, of the times they're behind, 0.2% of them win those games. 0.2%. 0.2%. I want to know who the person was that not only was there a betting. I mean, I'm sure there was a betting window somewhere for an overtime game, not even like not only an overtime victory, but I want to know who, who is the one who, who uh, how much money did this per, the person win who bet that the Patriots would come back from a 25 point deficit? Well, I don't, I mean, you can probably bet that um, the odds That's of a pretty absurd. The odds of the game going into overtime in general were ten to one, um, but I don't. You couldn't really bet on that specific of an outcome. Super Bowl had never gone into overtime. It had, that is absolutely a true fact. Did you? I had to Google. That. You, uh, the they closest, said it. They said the clo- the closest that it had ever come prior to that was I think Rams. It was I think Rams Patriots. Patriots in 01. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the Patriots won with like a last-minute field goal. With the Adam Vinatieri field goal, absolutely. So beating the greatest show on turf, as they called the Rams. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was an interesting, interesting fact. So, give me another stat. Give me another one of your stats on there. How about this, Matt? Did you know in the entire game? Try not to bang my head against the wall. Okay, please don't. (laughs) The Falcons during the entire game converted only one. Third down. Really? Yep. The Patriots converted seven of 14. Falcons tried eight of them, converted zero of them. One of the reasons why Atlanta um, couldn't keep a lead because they kept getting kicked off the field. Yeah. Got to keep your offense on the field. Do you know, by the way, Um, who, who the league leader in third down percentage was this year in the NFL? At 48% conversion? Are you going to tell me it was the New England Patriots? No, it was the New Orleans Saints, actually. Oh, interesting. Well, um, I have a, a, a stat for you that I, one of the stats that I, I read the day after the game, 
the Patriots led for approximately 0.0 seconds. Mm -hmm. They did not have to lead at any point until the very end. Until they won. Until until that final touchdown that, that, that sealed it. Yeah. They had not they had not had a lead once. It was just all all around just a, a, a crazy game. Matt, did you know that throughout the game they were computing the percent chance of each, of either team winning, the win probability at any given moment? And you know that yeah. the Falcons and- topped out at ninety nine point seven percent chance of winning? Yes, I did hear that. That was their at their highest, yeah. I think that was just before halftime. Um, right? well, they were up, at they, that point. They were up like twenty-three to six or something. Or no, no, it that. was in the third quarter when they when it was twenty-eight-three in the third quarter. At twenty yes. different points in the game, the Falcons had a ninety-nine percent or better chance to win. So it was all mm-hmm. throughout the the third quarter until the Patriots started scoring in the fourth. Yeah. Crazy, crazy game. Now, Matt, I have a question for you, talking about the game here. Do you think, in your opinion, that the New England Patriots won that game or the Atlanta Falcons blew that game? Um, it's an interesting question. I, I, more, I err more on the side of the Atlanta Falcons blew the game. But I, I don't say that they they blew it like oh they they totally just like let it go. They were not playing Bill Belichick's football. To play against Bill Belichick, you need to know that first half Bill Belichick is very different from second half Bill Belichick. You have to understand that what Bill Belichick does is he's he's he does it better than anybody else. He is a a complete master of the game in terms of strategy. He's a chess master. And just like any good chess master, um, it's not, it's not really about your ability so much as it is your opponent's likelihood of making mistakes and, and you capital, your ability to capitalize on their mistakes. And I think that Belichick does it better than anybody else. I think, um, are you still there? Yeah, no, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Your your video feed went away. Oh, that's not good. But all right. Anyway, um, uh, if you're still there, yes. Um, yeah. So so what 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 Belichick did was he he was the whole first half when everybody thought everybody was well everybody who doesn't know the New England Patriots were counting Brady and the Patriots off and and you know writing them off. What Belichick was doing on the sidelines is he was he was calculating. He was making plans. He was writing in his playbook. He was basically reading Atlanta's defense. He knew um, before the, the 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 end of the second quarter that he knew the the game plan he had to go with in this in the second half. But it was really more than anything else, pretty obviously a tale of two halves. And Atlanta, it's a combination of Atlanta maybe getting a little bit too comfortable with that wide lead. Um, and I, I wouldn't even blame their defense so much as just that the offense is in a complete inability to score. Like at that point on, it was like, it's a done deal. You got to You got to remember that Belichick thinks, you know, he thinks of both halves 
and you have to you have to be able to change. It's very difficult for any team to pull off. You have to be able to completely change your uh, your game plan at halftime and go in with a complete. If you're if you're if you're if you're a running dominant team, you'd better start passing. If you're you know you you lead with quick passes, you better try a couple of long bombs down the field. Like you have to change some aspects of your offense in order to in order to succeed if you're playing if you're playing a chess master like like Bill Belichick. Sean? Yes. So there? Yes, okay. I was letting you finish your point. I am I am done. Okay. That was my And it was a good that point. That was my point. Yeah. Speaking of points, did you know another interesting fact? Um I forget if it was the Falcons or the Patriots did not score a, a single extra point. I think it was the Patriots did not convert an, on an, on any like extra point attempt. They were all two point conversions. Yeah, which I what is that? I think that's the first Super Bowl playing team to ever do that and win. Yeah, where that has ever happened. Uh, and, they they and attempted won. an extra point and they missed. Right, they did. Yeah, no, they were the only Super Bowl team to have never gotten an extra point and won. Yes, because there have been Super Bowls with a score of zero or a score of three. So I think that, but obviously those teams lost. Um, you know, I, you know, in thinking about that sort of discussion of of who won it, who lost it. If you think about it, right, you have the expectations of these teams coming in, right? Where you have Atlanta, hot offense, right, offensive leader, number one offense in the league during the year with a good enough defense. Not bad by any stretch, but also not great. I mean, kind of middle of the road, which is fine, okay? You have the Patriots, hot defense, right? Not the greatest yeah. in the league, but pretty good, better than Atlanta's defense. And then you have Tom Brady and the the offense who played a great year all year. The problem is in that first half, Atlanta's defense was unusually good and the Patriots were unusually lame, Right, I mean, you got to remember one of those touchdowns came on that pick six. Um, a lot of, a lot, of, very few convert. They were terrible in the red zone. The Patriots um, settling obviously for, for a field goal. Um, it was not the, the the game was not traditional Patriots football. But I think the reason that they came back really was. Atlanta's fault. I really do think that. I'll give you another stat here, Matt. The time of possession between the two teams. The New England Patriots had the ball for 40 minutes. The Falcons only had it for 23. Now, what that means is, of course, A, means the Falcons had less opportunities to score. It's amazing they you to get 28 points having that little time of possession. But also, B, means the Atlanta defense was on the field a lot. Like, a lot. And they were putting them to work. And I'm telling you, by the time it got... To the end of the fourth quarter and into overtime, they were gassed. They were tired. And, and they started making mistakes. They had such a good first half. And whether it was the excitement of, of being up and not handling the comeback, whether it was just a physical, you know, that they hadn't been tested in that way, they started making mistakes. And I really think that is one of the things that um, that really hurt them. We saw an example of this in... Um, in, was it college football as well? This happened to another. This happened. Is this? See now I'm mixing up my games. I believe that's why Alabama lost against Clemson was because Alabama's defense was just on the field so much 
that they just had nothing left in them by the end of the game. You're not supposed to split your offense and defense that much, never mind the fact that the Patriots had 99 offensive plays, a, a Super Bowl record. So they were putting up plays like crazy. I mean, they they really pushed that defense, a defense that wasn't ready to handle it. If they had done that in the first half, like they they should have, um, it wouldn't have been as, as big of a gap. So I really think that was the biggest thing. I personally... I mean, Tom Brady was great, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't, like, unusually great for Tom Brady. That was, personally, I thought that was regular season Tom Brady in the last quarter. It's just that the defense fell apart. But, you know, I'm also not an expert in football. So, what do I It was, it was, it really was the exact, I feel like the exact opposite of what anybody was expecting. I mean, uh, I... I had a prediction that the Patriots would win. I think the majority of Americans predicted the Patriots would win. But I think that they they thought it was going to be just domination from the start. Not necessarily a blowout, although some people might have been thinking a blowout. You know, you have this Atlanta Falcons team that had never been to the big game before. Um, the bright lights, you know, you never really know how how a young team like that will, will perform. But... Um, you really had this team. They were the, they were the ones that were playing like the true veterans, and it for the first all the way up until like midway through the third quarter, it looked like the, the Patriots were the ones that looked like they had never been there before. Um. So I mean, that that was that was certainly surprising for I think. Well, for, yeah, for a lot of people. I mean, let's just yeah. let's just remember it cannot, in my opinion, cannot be said enough how good the Falcons' defense was in the first half. I mean, they were really good. A pick six. Um, they had the uh, Brady was sacked a number of times. The pressure on them was really high. A lot of incompletions. Um, it was it was, and it was really bad in the in the red zone. What was it? The Patriots had, I think, over two hundred yards of, of offense in the first half. I mean, it's not that they necessarily couldn't move the ball. It's just they were putting the pressure on in the right places where, you know, okay, yeah, you could march down the field, but not near enough to, you know, first of all, stick them way back in their own end zone. And then, you know, not not let them get near the red zone. So they did a great uh, – look, they were really good in the first half. I didn't think Matt – I mean, another stat here is, you know, 23 pass attempts for Matt Ryan. That ties his season low. Um, You know, he, he wasn't throwing the ball, which is – how they've won all season. That's that's why Julio Jones only had four targets, right? So th- their offense was was good enough in the first quarter to to put up some. It, I don't know. I just think that it it was it was a shame that as a Patriots fan, I I honestly, yeah, Tom Brady played a really great end of game. But and I I saw an interview with Tom Brady where someone said, "Oh, Tom, this this is your the greatest game you've ever played," and Tom said, "No, it's not the greatest game I've ever played." Because no. we were terrible. I, I was terrible for most of it. So it was a good ending. But by no means was that the best game I've played. Not even close. No, definitely not. Um, it was it was really just, like you said, it was wearing down the defense. And it was uh, capitalizing, on, capital, capitalizing on your opponent's mistakes. And, uh, you know, exploiting weaknesses. 
But, you know, the Super Bowl is a weird game. It, it honestly, and I know that's, like, cheesy to say, like, there's something special about the Super Bowl, but I really think there is for a number of reasons, including the fact that you have two weeks leading up to the game to prep and practice, which is unusual in the football season, all the hype around it, as you mentioned. You got rookies coming in, people who haven't been to the Super Bowl, so you have nerves around that. But I also think that, and this is historic in, in all the Super Bowl games, it doesn't take much to swing a Super Bowl. I mean, it's one game where the stakes are so high and the nerves are so high. I think about the Dante Hightower uh, strip sack of um, of Matt Ryan that gave the, the Patriots the ball back at, like I think it was like the 30 or so yard line in uh, Atlanta territory that, that gave them one of the, the two touchdowns they needed to with the two-point conversion to, to get back in the game. And so it's, thing, it's that one play that had a ton of momentum behind it. So it doesn't take... It doesn't take like a Herculean effort. I feel like there's a reason why so few teams down 25 have won because the vast majority of those were in the regular season where it's not in teams to come back from something like that. And you have to suck pretty hard to get down by 25 and odds are good. You're not good enough to get back. That's what the Patriots had going for them. It's not that it's not that they were down. It's that they're one of the few teams ever who's good enough to come back and do that. And on top of that, the icing on top of that was that the Atlanta defense just sputtered out. Thankfully for them. Now let me let me bring up a point that I was I was um I was thinking of when I when I brought up the the that like the topic of capitalizing off of your opponent's mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered the the main evidence for that point. Uh, think back to the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. okay, right before the game goes into overtime, right before the Patriots tie it up. Yep. Uh, Atlanta has the ball, and they're they're driving toward the end zone. They get into they get into field goal range, not field goal range, but they're oh no, they're they're, they're driving around field goal range. They were they were with I think they were within the thirty. So technically, yes, they were within field goal range. They were very close. Um, to put the game just. To put the game just out of reach, what you do in that situation on third down is you run the football. You run the football, presuming the worst that could happen, barring a fumble, is that you're not going to gain anything or, at worst, you lose a yard or two. Instead, what what happens is, and, and Atlanta fans will, will remember this, I think, for the next 50, 50 years or so, at least the rest of their lifetime, um is Matt Ryan drops back to pass the ball, gets sacked, a huge sack, takes them right out of field goal range, and they're forced to punt. On that subsequent drive, that's the that's the drive the Patriots tie it up. Yeah. And and into overtime. In that situation, that's that's a that to me right there, that was the game. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the game. Um I I I saw it coming like almost like a train crash in slow motion. Uh as soon as he gets sacked, he's out of field goal range. It's, you know, the Patriots are going to do what the Patriots do. So Atlanta had, they had their, I think they had their fate in their hands right there. And um, that's really on the head coach. That's on. Um, well, an offensive coordinator. Sure. I mean, you know, you, you don't blow a 25 point lead just because the other team is really good. Like I, I am convinced you have to fuck something up on your own end to blow that kind of lead. And I don't think there's any doubt the Falcons did. And you can point to a lot of things. Bad play calling, absolutely. 
to clock management. Falcons made no effort to run down the clock in the fourth quarter as the Patriots were coming back. You can... Uh, the, the the choices of plays and the, and the pass run mix didn't make a lot of sense. I I just you know I think back NFL Network was running a lot of content before the Super Bowl and they were running old Super Bowls, both shortened versions and the full games. And I caught the um, Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl from what was it three years ago? Yeah, two thousand fourteen. It sounds right. Uh, where the Patriots <laughs> where the Patriots won ending on that famous Malcolm Butler interception at the goal line yeah patriots shouldn't have won that game no you, you have to no, remember and, and i think people forget because they remember the great interception it was second down at the like one yard line or two yard line in with, with under a minute left in the fourth quarter and it would have put them up by three and of course patriots could have driven back kicked a field goal gone overtime sure but i mean it, it, it was it's insane that the game ended that way but that was a close game the whole way through that's my point is that it went back and forth and the and the Seahawks hung with them the whole time Atlanta just yeah. didn't do that if if the game had ended at halftime we all would have sat back and said wow this Falcons team is for real they're legit not not only is is Matt Ryan great the the couple defensive players who were making all the sacks and 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 they and the interception they're great and Julio Jones is great. I mean, we would have gone on and on about how amazing they are. They just it was two completely different half. Well, I say halves, but you know, I guess you can kind of say the the beginning of the third quarter was in the Falcons' favor too. But it, it was two completely different halves of football. But anyway, yeah. I mean, well, going back to that Patriots-Seahawks game, I mean, just simply running the ball into the end zone, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist. to, to You're, you're two, two yards oh. away, and you have the best, arguably the best running back in the league at the time. I, I, I'll never, to, to the end of my, but you know to what? the end of my days, I will never understand why Pete Carroll passed the ball, but you know what? ever. I, I'm, I will never understand. I'm going to rep for Pete Carroll here, and here's why. I think it's so unbelievably easy to 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 now sit here and say, "Wow, what a stupid mistake!" Where if he had thrown in for the touchdown and they won the Super Bowl, we would have said, "What a great call." I agree. Did it make more sense to do the run? Probably, but was it the pass a bad idea? I don't think so. I think anybody who's ever played a game of Madden, <laughs> you know, on their on their Xbox or their PlayStation, I think anybody who's ever played Madden before knows. That that is a bad, bad move. That is a terrible, a dis- terrible decision. You never pass the ball when you're on when you're inside the five yard line. But the problem it's is every time. The Especially problem is, if you have hard mode. There are a lot. There are a lot of teams that at that distance from the goal line have tried to run it in and have failed. It happens. It's not a guarantee. Maybe safer than a pass, but by no means a guarantee. And when you're looking at clock management at the end of the game, you want to bleed the clock a little bit. I'm just saying, I don't, I, in retrospect, it's a bad call, but it's not the worst call. It's not like a boneheaded move. He made a million good calls during the game to put them ahead in the fourth quarter. I mean, sure. He didn't, he didn't punt the ball on the two yard line. I guess maybe that would have been worse, but other than that, I don't, I don't know. I don't see a worse call than passing the ball straight ahead on a, on a routine slant route. I'm just saying don't Pete Carroll, a Super Bowl winning coach, made one bad move, and that's all anyone talks about when they talk about Pete Carroll. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair because it's not like the Falcons where they blew an entire half of a game. 
They blew one play. One play. And you could be sitting here thinking, well, is it Russell Wilson's fault? Because he didn't get the ball over just a little bit more, so Malcolm Butler wasn't there? I mean... You know, is it the I forget who the receiver was on that for for the Seahawks, but you know, did he do a good enough job? I think of, it was was it Sherman? No, wait, I don't know. No, Sherman is I, I don't. I don't remember who the receiver was. I don't remember. It's funny we um, remember Butler. We don't remember him. Now, now, um, could you? Was it Graham? Was it Jimmy? No. See, Graham would be the guy you'd be looking for in that situation. Oh yeah, no, you want a big guy, sure. Did they? Yeah, they had Graham on that team, right? I don't or no, maybe that was that. I, was, think, I think that so. might have been before. Then. Yeah, I think I Graham know. came on the following year. I think you're right. Yeah, the following season. Anyway, um, I I think the same argument can be applied for this Super Bowl as the one that we're currently applying to the Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl of of 2014. Um, I think the same argument can be applied because you have um. That one play between Atlanta and and uh, the one we the one that I referenced before, where you could if, if they had run the ball instead of passed it, you know, not the exact same situation, but a very similar one. They they made the wrong the wrong decision there. Uh, then again, I mean, who knows what would have happened? Maybe he would have missed the field goal. Maybe the field goal would well, have been blocked. That's what it is. And the way the defense was playing, even if they made the field goal, I know it would have been 12 points in a very short amount of time. But the way the defense was playing, there's no, you know, it's entirely theoretical that the the Patriots could have could have done that. Yeah, but it, it. I mean, it would have. I think. I think in that situation, it would have put the game out of reach. I think that. The Patriots just made the the overtime. They just tied it up. Yeah, but just narrowly. If they if Atlanta had been up by three points, I think that would have sealed the deal. But Matt, you know what? Honestly, you could say being down twenty five points puts the game out of reach. So I'm not. I I realize time wasn't on their side, but again, this is not a this is not the David Tyree catch where you you know there's a memorable moment like maybe the Edelman catch. <laughs> But you know you can't you can't point to any one moment in this game and tell me that's the thing that swung it because then you could say well if Ryan hadn't gotten sacked and gotten pushed out of field goal range if you know if um um uh what was it the shit what's the other play I'm thinking of they allowed two two point conversions yeah like okay I get one how do you allow two yeah that that was definitely on the defense you know for sure. so I, there were please they were there were plenty more and. All they had to do was stop one drive. That overtime drive, there was zero. Did the defense even get on the field? No. I don't even think the Patriots had a third down. I think that's the that's really the straw that breaks the camel's back. Is that is that Matt Ryan sack? I think that if he had just if he had just run the ball, you know, maintained um, maintained your 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 ground in in scoring range. Well. I think that puts the game out of reach if you make that field goal. Right you also there. have to remember, by the way, on that play that you're right. They were down, I think, about the 25 yard line. They were pretty close. Yeah, um, it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been a hard field goal to make. No, not at all. But it wasn't just the sack. They had two back to back holding penalties that also yes, killed them, and that's on the the offensive line. So you know, honestly, you want to talk about big moments in the game? The overtime coin flip. Because I'm telling you, if that had come up, Falcons. There was a decent chance Matt Ryan rested. He barely played, let's be honest. The Patriots' defense was probably getting pretty tired at that point, too, although they had played a little better in the second half. 
But the way Julio Jones was catching, it's entirely theoretical that just simply by winning the coin flip, the greatest comeback ever would have ended in a Falcons victory. And that, I guess that kind of segues into a whole nother debate. We're not going to talk about overtime rules, are we? And that, and that has to do with the yeah, overtime oh my rules God. in the NFL and college, but I, this I is, think that might be for another episode. This is quickly turning into to, to Sean and Matt uh, shock jock radio here in the morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, our sports radio. Feeling too. Sean and Matt on ESPN Radio. <laughs> I was starting to feel like, well, what's the, that uh, that show on ESPN? A hot take? Not, not, no, there's hot takes. But oh, there's, there's also, a bunch of those talking head shows, sure. I'm trying to think of the, the one that I don't know. It'll come back to me. The, yeah. the one where uh, Stephen A. Oh, I hate that guy so much. God, he's the worst. He's just not a good human being. No, for, uh, first take, I think, is the one you're thinking of. First take. That's what it was. Not yeah. hot take. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Another time. But I would like to talk about, just very quickly, one word. Are you in favor of the current overtime rules? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm we'll not. talk about this another time. At but all. there's a lot of Super Bowls still to talk about, and we've already gone 30 minutes, so... We yeah. got we got to keep this train rolling here, Matt. What did you think of the halftime show? We we had the lady herself, Lady Gaga, come out. No no special guests. I was half expecting Bruno Mars or Beyonce to show up again, but they didn't. Um, we had her on with the drones behind her at NRG Stadium. She she swung down from the roof. She came. She did a medley of her greatest hits, and then well, um, now, now that's a little bit misleading. Because, I mean, she didn't actually swing down from I know. the roof. And, you know, there were people I talked to who really thought she did, who, who thought she yeah, did the, the singing up on the roof with the drones. And I'm like, that's no, definitely that pre-recorded. That was pre-recorded, okay. yeah. Um, it was cut. But anyway, um, I, I think Lady Gaga surprised us on many different fronts. I mean, the... Uh, the, 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 the no guests, no guests at all, uh, that certainly was a surprise. Um, the the lack of any kind of overt, I'll say overt political statement, because I do believe that there were many political statements throughout her, um, political and social statements throughout her routine. They were all very subtle, however, and very almost subliminal. So subtle, they were useless. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say useless. I don't know. I I think that Lady Gaga had a had a um, she was walking a tightrope, for lack of a better word, um, with, when it comes to uh, that act. Matt, and, the, I mean, we we debated both the we debated both the 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 merits and virtues and um, potential downfalls of of making a political statement or not making a political statement. We went back and forth on that issue. She had a lot of. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot at stake, a lot at stake for that show, and I think she did a fine job. Matt, I I just don't care about the halftime show anymore. Like it's a it's a decent concert, but there's no there's no real spectacle to it. Like it, it I could when the Grammys were on the other night, they had people performing. It's the same thing. Like what is yeah the the Super Bowl? You know, you go back. And watch some of the biggest Super Bowl performances of all time. Michael Jackson, of course, when he did it. Um, some of the real, some of the real weird early ones. Uh, I recommend Winter Magic is my favorite. Um, when it was like a bunch of spectacle, and you know, when they did uh, Elvis Presto in the world's largest magic trick, another very weird one. Again, another one you should go look up on YouTube. Even Katy Perry a few years ago, where it, it seemed to just be a little bit more dynamic. 
than just someone getting up on stage and singing with some flashing lights. Like I could go to any concert and see what I saw Lady Gaga do short of her descent from the roof. But even then, okay, super. Like I don't, I'm just saying she did a fine job. Like she sang her songs. I like the songs. She was, I would argue, one of the better live singers we've had in a while. I thought she sounded really good. It was a good mix of the live and pre-recorded tracks. The dancers were fine. The costumes were fine. But I was watching it, and I'm like, so? Big big, big whoop. That, that, so that was my takeaway. How about this? Next Super Bowl, we have David Blaine, David Copperfield, and Chris Angel all come out and have a magic battle. I think those guys hate each other. Oh, a battle. I was going to say, I think they hate each other, magic but they like against battle. each other. Sure. They battle each other using their magic tricks and only one can survive magic battle. Would that be a more, would that be more entertaining for you, Sean? Would I, that, that satiate your bloodlust? Honestly, Matt, you know what I would have, you know, bring out Sir Patrick Stewart, do some Shakespeare. I mean, there's there's so many other that would options. Be, that would be fantastic. I are would you, be so on board for that. Are you, you kidding no me? Idea. Honestly, I'm not sure if the, the the beer swilling football masses would uh would stay attuned for that, but uh, bring out awful, bring out sure. the cast of Hamilton. Have them do a couple numbers from that and a little little bit of the play, a little mini piece now of they, Hamilton. There were rumors that part of the cast of Hamilton were supposed to be performing with Lady Gaga, but well, they did uh, in they, the um. They, they sung the Star Spangled Banner. Yes, they sung sung the national anthem in the beginning of the game. No, they did uh, America um, the Beautiful. Uh, Luke Luke Bryant um, did the uh, did the national anthem. All right. To be fair, I I was I, no no I, one I watches that. Watching. I didn't watch the beginning of. I actually missed like the first five minutes of the game. I was still I was still en route to mm. my my party destination at that point. It's okay. I sliced but my I, finger I, open. I, I cut my finger open cutting a hoagie roll, so I was bleeding, so I didn't watch. Um but that's beside the point. No, I just I I, I just I, I don't If you're going to come out and sing, make it memorable. That's all. Prince when he did it. What of course he was in the Prince, rain. That was yeah. But it felt like there was some passion behind it. This, to me, felt like Lady Gaga treated it like another stop on her tour. That's not interesting to me. It's the goddamn yeah. Super Bowl. Like, blow the roof. Go nuts. I want... And then the drones, which were honestly kind of ended up being lame, I thought. Like, obviously, I realized that FAA rules... They not really do anything. Cool. They, they're not allowed to do anything with them during the Super Bowl. That's why it was pre-recorded. Legally, they couldn't. But I would like to have them in the stadium doing crazy shit. Like, what they did was... <laughs> kind of interesting but i didn't i i don't know i just i don't know i mean i i i admire the the subtlety of lady gaga's message i mean it was almost like she was her routine was a routine a routine you would see from somebody who was living in a country with like massive censorship and what? couldn't overtly say, could overtly say what they wanted to say. Are you kidding so me? So they have to like disguise it. And I, I thought it took great 
great artistic license to pull you, that off. Matt, the commercials so I, I were more that. political than she was. Are you kidding the me? Commercials were, were the commercials were more overtly political. They were extremely Matt, political. She came out. What are you talking about? I'll, I'll give you the yeah. what, what you do. God bless America at the top. I'll give you that. Other than that, what was political about her? What was political about she that? Did, she did the parts of the play. It was all about segments. Like she did segments of her. Her things had to do with, you know, the state of the state of relationships with, um, Matt, with she foreigners. Just, she just sang her songs. Yeah, but only the only the parts of the songs that were like basically. All right, so there's still her songs. So the vice president, Vice President Pence, was at the game. Yes, he was. You have to remember watching the Super Bowl live at the stadium. Oh, I don't know how that. happened. Um, live at the stadium. So to send, basically to send a clear message to him, she basically took parts of her songs that had to do with, with her, with, with her politics, with the, with the, the gay audience and everything at home. And like she said, she said what she had to say. Bullshit. Absolutely not. Matt, those are popular songs that have been out for years. Yeah, so she, she chops them up. The, she didn't sing the whole song. She chopped them no up. No artist to, to ever just... sings all the songs. Yeah, but it was the, it was the, you got to listen to the parts that she oh was singing. Oh my god, that, it was the parts that hang she on. was singing. No, no, no. What a what a half-assed uh, thing that well, is. Are you kidding me? If, you, listen to the parts, if you're gonna like, if, no, but if you're gonna do it, then fucking do it and come out and say something or show something no, or like. No, that's not the point. The Matt, point if it's so subtle, no one gets it. Then uh, obviously it didn't work. No, everybody got it. It was all over Twitter. People loved it. Well, we're everybody following different Twitters because I saw a lot of Twitters where they're like, "Wow, I'm surprised Lady Gaga didn't do something more." Everybody was talking about oh, it. Oh my god! Absolutely not. What a joke! No, millions and billions of people. They were all talking. I'll, about I'll it. give her the opening when she was up on the roof. Uh, in that I was doing air quotes, but you can't see roof in the pre-record. I'll give <laughs> you that. But in the actual performance part of it, no, she just sang her a medley of her songs. All right. It just Agreed so happens her whole shtick is like people's rights and gay rights. Like that's her whole. That's always been her that's shtick. Her whole, that, so that's exactly. not new. That's her whole thing. But she was being subtle about it. Why? Because she is, she was acting like she was under censorship. That that was the whole message. What her message was like: the United States is being censored, <laughs> being cut off. Did she like send a memo to everybody explaining this? Because I certainly <laughs> was. Was there like a pre-roll I missed? Between the lines, Sean. You had to read between the lines. Matt, the font was so goddamn small on that message. I- there was a, I need a microscope to see it. Are you kidding me? I thought it was very interesting and not at all expected. I, I thought it was great. Matt. I thought it was tremendous. Okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree on this. I thought it was huge. She, she got up huge. and she sang her songs and then she was done. Like every other Super Bowl halftime performer in history. All right. Uh, speaking frankly here. Do I think it's the? Do I think it was the best halftime show ever? Absolutely, <laughs> far from no. it. Far. But there from were worse. It. There have definitely been worse. So and the, yeah, but yes, there have, there have definitely been worse. Um, do I think that the commercials were more political than her her routine? Yes, the politicals the the the, the, the commercials were very political. 
and that that's something I, re- I truly didn't expect. Well, let's talk about that then. So what did you yeah. what did you think of the commercials? Wow. Um very underwhelming, I think in terms of like to me a Super Bowl I I remember the Super Bowl commercials that used to be funny. They used to be like humorous and you would they were memorable. Humorous and memorable were like the top 2. I think that these commercials were neither, but they were very political um, and very, I guess, socially relevant. Um, anybody that any historian that's going to look back at the 2017 Super Bowl and um, kind of analyze the commercials for a, a sign of the times will be very you'll, you'll see 2016 election broadcast across the across every every screen. Um like I didn't I didn't really I didn't I think there was one commercial that I really liked. It was a Bud Light commercial that featured a dog. It was like the ghost of the, of this dog. Did you know who the dog was, Matt? The famous dog? I did not, now I did not know that. I didn't I, when I was watching the commercial, I didn't know who the dog was, but my coworkers who are in their 40s and 50s had to explain that to me the next day. It's it's Spuds McKenzie, Matt, the ultimate Spuds party McKenzie. dog. I, I had never heard of Spuds McKenzie. Well, because you weren't 90s. alive in the 80s, yeah. Exactly. So I, I did not know who that was, um, but my coworkers knew who it was. They had to explain him to me. Apparently, he was a dog that went to, like, parties or something. He was, like, yeah, a party dog. the ultimate party, party dog. dog, and he would ha- have a beer, and uh, he would, he would, he loved Bud Light. <laughs> and now he's dead. And now he's Apparently. dead, but he's back. Ghost. He's back. Yeah, in ghost form. Mm-hmm. Encouraging people um, to drink Bud Light. Yeah, so I thought that was a funny commercial. That was effective. Um, there was also the the Budweiser. All right, now I guess we'll delve in because I, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember another funny commercial. Well, that's, I'm looking up the so, list. So we can delve into the um, we well there was the Mr. Clean one where the Mr. Clean guy was oh, dancing around se- that sexually was weird. and provocatively. That was just weird. Um, I mean, the rest of them were, you know, you had the Budweiser commercial where the German guy comes over on a boat and everybody hates him here, but then he makes Bud Light. And it turns out, like, in a little twist, in the end, he's the founder of Budweiser. And he's meeting the other founder of Budweiser, Anheuser and Bush. Um, and, and I don't know. But it had it still had that, like, anti-immigrant kind of message or that like i guess pro-immigrant message it just seemed like every every commercial had like a like an agenda then there was the there was the audi commercial that talked about equal pay Pay for women yeah it was i don't didn't make any sense it was exhausting i just didn't get how that how that's supposed to sell your car like there, there was the 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 google home one that was the the with all the international people talking the different languages airbnb did one with with people with all the different races of people and just did after a while oh Cole, was Cole he, the one where they were they were saying like the pledge of allegiance in different languages yep that's yeah. right yep you're right oh my like, god it was tiring i i was just like <sighs> I don't know. I just they were, they were driving it home. I remember yeah, when they used to be fun. That's what I was saying before. I, I know. Well, I'm, to, but that's what I thought during the game. And, yeah, humorous and memorable. Like you had the you had the frogs. Remember the Budweiser oh, frogs? Budweiser. 
Yes, that of course. But Matt, now I will say there were a few commercials I did like during the commercial. First of all, do you remember the Bush beer commercial that aired? Which one? Where where he'd open the can and go, and it would just keep. It did that for the whole commercial. They made a joke. No, okay, you don't remember that one. That one was a good one. Um, let me see. I have a list. Oh, did you the ter- There were those terrible Justin Bieber T-Mobile ads. Yeah, God, those, those sucked. sucked. The what else? There was the oh the the Tide where they did it throughout the game with. Um, oh. Yes, Wait, Terry there was Bradshaw a, with the stain on his shirt. I just, I just remembered the. Wait, go ahead. What was that commercial? No, where they did the multiple part one with with Terry Bradshaw, who was um doing Fox coverage of the game, and he got a stain on his shirt, and it showed him like running away from like it involved the like they had him do like an actual like live spot from the game with a stain on his shirt. And actually, there, I someone on Twitter was like, "Wow, does Terry Bradshaw have a stain on his shirt?" And then, like a couple of commercials later, it was a Tide commercial where it was him, like pre-recorded, but it was him with the stain, and he had to go. And they had some other celebrities who came in, Robert Garkowski and Jeffrey Tambor came in, and it was like him getting the stain off his shirt for the big game. Oh yeah, there were like three was, of them. That it was, was a whole story. I thought that was yeah, that was it was like a like a little story built in. Yeah, yeah it was a decent yeah. try. Now I remember. All right, I I I. I somehow have forgotten actually a really good commercial. Uh, probably my favorite one of the night. Um, uh, it was it was probably because I, I, I might not have been paying attention to it. I, I don't remember seeing it during the Super Bowl, but I saw it like the day after the Super Bowl. Um, but it was clearly a, co- a commercial that was meant to be aired during the Super Bowl, even though I saw it the day after. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when... The one where they're on the set, I think they're filming like Westworld or something, or they're filming just maybe just some generic cowboy thing. And the guy like messes up the whole. It was a Snickers commercial. It was. It was. Yes. Um, it was uh, Kylo Ren from the um, mm-hmm. from Star Wars. What's his name? Yes, he messes up Adam the, Driver. The whole, yeah, Adam Driver. He messes up the uh, the skit. Like he he comes out too late or something, or he doesn't realize he's supposed to come out, and it. Basically, wacky shenanigans ensue, and he destroys the whole set. Well, do you know the story behind that? Is there? Oh, there's a story. There is a story behind that, a gimmick behind that. That was the first ever live Super Bowl commercial. They actually broadcast him doing... They actually had a soundstage during the Super Bowl and aired it live. And you saw the recorded version after the fact. But during the game, all that shit that happened in the commercial happened live. Oh. But what was weird is like nobody knew it was live because Snickers did a poor job of telling people that. So yeah. I don't, I think very few people actually realized, but that was like, they, they did like pre-game advertising, like check out our live Super Bowl ad. Never been done before. Yeah. Uh, see, I wish I had known that story. I would have been looking for it um, like during the game. Huh. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think there were a mix. I think some were decent and memorable, but I just think the the everyone is going to remember the how should I say bummer ones of um of the of the, of course Lumber eighty four was the had their big ad with with the wall and all that. So I don't whatever they they're all going to be anyway. Um, we are uh, running short on time here, Matt. So I think it's time to talk about our Super Bowl prop bets. Yeah, let's let's get into the bets. So, uh, folks out there may remember back uh, two episodes ago on episode seventy-two, 
we did our Super Bowl prop bets, Matt and I put together, I don't I didn't even do a final count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven bets on the Super Bowl. Everything from the ratings to the coin toss to the song sung at the halftime show to who the MVP is, et cetera, et cetera. Now comes the time, Matt, to find out the results. Would you like to know how we did? Absolutely. Now, most people, if you followed us on at Up for Debate TV on Twitter, um, I live tweeted the results as the game went on and, and people were getting involved. It was a lot of fun, though. I don't know why I do this every year because it makes watching the Super Bowl kind of not fun. Because especially when we do bets like how many times they say deflate gate, you know that means I have to watch it and listen to every single word they say because I can't <laughs> miss when they say deflate gate. Yeah. Please remind me of that uh, next year, not to do bets like that. Let's not. Yeah, let's. I, I, I can only imagine what you would have gone through. I, I was there. And, I was just watching, enjoying the game. And then the, the double problem is that we did a bet on the commercials with Peyton Manning, which means I had to watch every commercial. Bathroom breaks were a nightmare. So I just don't. Next year, let's not do that. But all right, Matt, let's dig in as to how we did on these bets. You up for that? I'm up for debate. Okay, so let me go here in order of how they happened during the game for the most part, and you can keep tally as we go through here, is that we started with the coin toss, Matt. Now, uh, you took tails, I took heads, you actually won this one last year, and Matt, the coin toss came up tails, so you get your first point there, congratulations. Well, thank you. Now, we also bet on... Uh, Bill Belichick, Coach Bill Belichick's hoodie, the color of his hoodie. I said it was going to be gray. You said it was going to be not a hoodie. You suggested a three-piece suit. Um, <laughs> And somehow, Matt, you won that bet because he didn't yeah, wear like a hoodie that. at all. He just wore like a pullover. So another <laughs> another point for Matt. This is really embarrassing. Um, Next up... Lady Gaga's set list, Matt. We each picked three songs we thought Lady Gaga was going to perform during her halftime show. You picked uh, Poker Face, You and I, and one of her new hits, Million Reasons. I picked Born This Way, Bad Romance, and another one of her new songs, Perfect Illusion. And Matt, we split this one 2-2 because from your list, she played Million Reasons and Poker Face, and from my list, she played Born This Way and Bad Romance. So we each get two points for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings the score you for me too. So you've got the lead at this point. Wow, this game is closer. It's, it's a closer game than the Super Bowl so far. I, I know no blowouts here um, yet. <laughs> um, now we made a bet whether or not Lady Gaga would say something overtly political, and I believe we even agreed that she had to use the word Trump somewhere in there yes. for it to work. You said she wouldn't do it. I made the irresponsible decision to say yes. She would do it, so you get the point. Yep. Putting you up 5-2. Next up, um, no, we had two bets on mentions. If the commentators would mention either Deflategate or Matty Ice. When it comes to Deflategate, you bet they, you bet they would say it between five and seven times. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to take the over, so greater than seven, or the under, less than five. I took the under, and I was right, Matt. Do you know how many times they mentioned it? Did they mention it once? They mentioned it, well, the word deflate gate, which was the specific terms of that bet. They said it zero times that I caught. Yeah. Very uh, good. The game was too exciting for them to bring up the past. Yeah, I guess so. 
when it comes to Matty Ice, I bet they would say it. You bet that they would not say it. As far as I can tell, they did not say it. So you get a point for that. Yeah. No mentions of Matty Ice. I really, I was really, I think if he had had a better game, you know, more, more, more opportunities, I think they might have said it, but I just, not close enough. Let's see. Also here on the list, as we get towards the end of the game, Peyton Manning commercial. This was an interesting one. We had a bet on how many commercials Peyton Manning would star in. Now, um, you bet he would star in one game, in one commercial. I bet he would star in two or more commercials. Matt, do you know how many Peyton Manning starred in this year? He starred in absolutely none. Not one. We picked the wrong. So Rob Gronkowski was like in four commercials. Yes, that would have been a better option. Or Kylo Ren. Abs- uh, literally anyone else. We picked or Peyton Manning. <laughs> we could have, man, I don't know what we were thinking. Justin Bieber. No, neither of us get a point on that because we both blew it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Up next, as we get towards the end of the game here, Matt, you and I bet on the color of the Gatorade dumped on the winning coach. You said it would be red Gatorade. I said it would be orange Gatorade. Matt, the game was so exciting, they didn't dump Gatorade on anybody. Oh, that's right. That that was very strange. I, I That's the first time I can remember that happening. I, I didn't see any Gatorade flying. It all happened so fast, and and in, in the first overtime game, they were too busy. They didn't have a chance to do it, so neither of us get a yeah. point on that one. Up next, um, we have the um, – obviously, you and I picked the scores. We picked who we thought would win. Now, we both said New England, so that's a wash. But we actually picked the points. You said it would be a score of 28 to 17 – I said it would be 35 to 29. Now, Matt, do you remember the final score of the game? Uh, was it 30? I'm just going to take a wild guess and say 32 to 29. No, it was 34 to 28. I was one point. Wow. I, I said 35, 29. It was 34, 28. So you were one point off on either side. So I'm giving myself a point. I'll give you the point. I'm giving I'll them, give you the Well, because you know you win, so come on. Cut me some slack here. But but I'll take credit. I don't know why I picked 35-29, because those are very weird numbers. When Like, it's hard in football to score those numbers. 35, not so much, because that's five touchdowns without well, any additional points. But 29 is a weird one. I should have done 35-28, but whatever. I'll st- I'm not going to play. I'll take it. Matt, we both bet on the MVP of the game. We both agreed that if New England won, it would be Tom Brady. If the Falcons won, it, uh, you said Matt Ryan. I said Devontae Freeman. Um, nobody gets a point because we both picked Tom Brady. Although I will say if the Falcons had won, um, I think he would have had a better shot because I had Freeman ended up doing nothing all game. Yeah. So who knows? So no points there. Lastly, Matt, we bet on the Super Bowl ratings, right? I said the Super Bowl ratings would be higher this year, um, than they were, um, than the highest ratings ever. It would set a new ratings record and you said no sean that's a stupid idea why would you say that <laughs> now the previous record um had been in in total number of viewer or uh, in average viewers because that's the stat they use now 114 million watched the patriots beat the seahawks this year only 111 million on average watched although the total number was higher matt you get a point for that because you took the lower Mm. And that concludes our bets, Matt, with a final score. Drum roll, please. 
Yeah, there you go. Um, Matt seven, Sean four. Matt is our is our reigning two time Super yeah. Bowl prop bet champion. Almost a dynasty. Almost a dynasty. Right now, you're just a repeat winner. Congratulations, Matt. I really suck at this. I think we just need to, like you said, we we can't, I think next year we can't make bets where you have to pay super close attention because it kind of takes all the fun right Uh, out of the game. Well, yeah, and and we try to mix up the bets each year, and it, you know, depending on the game and who's playing and the, the halftime show, there'll be different bets. So we'll have the opportunity to do that. Just no more mentions. The mentions ones are hard because you have to listen to every word the commentators say because you can't miss it. So no more of those. I don't even the commercial ones. I don't mind as much because I end up because I'll take my bathroom breaks during the game. Like whatever, it's not the end of the world. But just the mention ones are like I'm always listening. Like did he? Did he say? Did he? So, but otherwise, no, it wasn't too bad. You, take, you say you take your bathroom breaks during the game? Well, I would in that case if I had to watch the commercial. Well, like during, okay. man, the Super Bowl isn't impossible because you're because the game is exciting. The commercials are exciting. Do you know when you take a bathroom break? And you're drinking tons of beer. You're are wrong. you going to say the halftime show? No. Punts. Punts? Most boring part of the game. Well, not necessarily. What if the, what if they run the punt back for a touchdown? I'll take those odds. I'll take those odds. I'm I'm because I, I, I see your point. I agree. I would say punts and kickoffs. Um, that's when you when you want to or just put a TV in your bathroom and really just complete the. All right, yeah, I think we've gone too far. Maybe on on challenges specifically challenges that you know the Ooh, what the outcome of. long replays. Yeah, although there were like none of those during this Super Bowl. No. There was there was one there was that the catch that Edelman catch that's right where uh, Quinn flew the flag no, through the flag you had the Edelman catch and you also had a the um the Jones catch the Julio Jones catch. yeah but that was quick I mean they didn't spend a lot of time I don't even think they went to commercial oh, they, break they definitely reviewed that I one. know what was it it was near the half where the game was on pace to be the shortest Super Bowl ever. It was being played so yes. fast. Oh god! It was yeah. It was it was very fast. We I mean, everybody I was watching with we were we were remarking that they got to halftime super quick. Like it seemed like they were they they breezed through the first half. They were flying, but again, that was just the way the clock played, the lack of challenges, the lack of penalties. There weren't a lot of penalties, and the penalties that there were were like holding, which are usually tend to be pretty quick. Yeah, because there's not a lot of debate about it. So not many significant penalties in that case, in times case. Nope. Very, very efficient football, to say the least. All right, Matt. We're done. We're done. We're done. Season's over. That, <laughs> that is it. Baseball's right around the corner. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? I'm actually going to try and get more into the problem I have, so I've slowly gotten into sports. I'm not historically a big sports guy. But I first got into football, and I'm like, oh, football's really cool. And then, like, a year or two ago, I started getting into basketball. Hmm. And now I don't watch it all the time, but I try and catch it when it's on and follow the teams and know what's going on. And the playoffs I get really excited about. Last year, during the Cubs' magical, their own record-setting run, um, I started watching baseball playoffs, and actually I got really interested in it. So this year I'm going to try. I probably won't catch many regular season games, but I'm going to try to at least stay up on baseball. Okay. 
So I'm kind of looking forward. I think you'll that. find it rewarding. The thing about baseball is that there's just there's just so much of it. If you if you really devote yourself to to watching a lot of baseball, I'm talking like multiple teams and sure, a lot, like that's I think that's what's so that's what's good and bad. That's the blessing and the curse of of the baseball fan is that there's so much baseball. You know, if you try to follow it, you're going to go nuts. Like if you try to follow it super closely or super religiously. Um, but at the same time, you're surrounded by baseball. So, you know, the next game is never that far out of reach. There's what? There's 217 oh, games. Insane. The season. volume is crazy. So it's like, yeah, more more than any more than any um, popular sport. Well, h- hockey has a lot, though. It does, but not more than baseball. Uh, uh-huh. Look that up. I'm pretty sure that baseball has more more regular season games. Okay. How many hockey games in a season? Because I don't think hockey, they don't play like three. The, they'll play games, so but they'll, they okay. won't play like three game sets like baseball does. Usually you play three or four game series against one team before you move to the next team. So does it sound right that... Oh wow! They play 162 games. That Ooh, can't hockey? be right. No baseball. Oh, baseball does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds like hockey plays. Oh, hockey plays 82 games. Mm-hmm. Wow, I I did not, I I didn't, and basketball plays 82 as well. Um, yeah, so it's, it's double that. I had no idea that they played that many games. Holy shit! Oh, yeah. So so then multiply that times how many teams are there? Um, there are 20, uh, I'm thinking football. There are 30 teams, maybe. All right. So you have, we'll do a quick math here. NL East. So assuming there are 30 teams, just assuming yeah. 162 each, that's 4,800. Oh no, wait. Cause they play each other. So hang on. You don't multiply it by 30. You no, multiply there times 15. There are 24 teams. Okay. So that would be times if i'm doing this right that's just shy of 2000 games yeah that still doesn't sound right all right how many baseball games in a season major league baseball schedule let's see here if it says a total of 2430 games plus the postseason that's yes, stupid that's, I mean. that's, that's what dumb. i said that's the, that is the that is the blessing and the curse of the baseball fan you have a, a, a world of baseball. You're constant for, from between between um, the months of March and October. You're completely inundated and surrounded by baseball. But you know that's that's both a blessing and a curse because you can watch as much baseball as you want. You can devote your whole life to baseball, or you know you could you could just follow your team casually. But no matter what, there's there's a lot of baseball to be had. So you know, you know, I will say that you know when you buy like NFL Sunday ticket or NBA Game Pass, you know, I always think it's hard to get your money's worth. I feel like when you buy the MLB pass, I feel like you probably get your money's worth out of that. Yeah. Good lord, that is well, unnecessary. The thing is with baseball, though, it's it's very different from other sports in, in, in terms of media coverage um, because every team has their own network, so to speak. 
Yeah, with all the regional sports channels. God yes, damn. Regional sports chat. You have like but it's not like football and and um football and basketball where like it'll be on like mostly you know, nationally. Yes. ESPN, yeah. Yeah, broadcast regionally or broadcast nationally. It'll be broadcast by like, you know, like by Yes or by Turner Sports or by S and Y. Yep. Like Yep. The, the the team itself is like a is like a media corporation. So you have to buy like their I don't know. It, it gets confusing. This you can is... buy like either a season pass or you can buy like just a pass to to cover your one team, which I guess you could do in football too. Um, Matt, Matt, I'm being honest with you. You're not selling me on baseball here. I'm just telling you the facts. I'm well, trying. To, I'm just. I'm I'm telling you the the honest facts. Although you you should consider yourself lucky as a Boston Red Sox fan because they do have one of the best I think they do have one of the best um one of the best moderating crews. Uh Matt? I like I like their I like their moderating people. Nesson folks. Well Nesson is great for Bruins coverage, first of all. Um and second of all, who said I was a, a Red Sox fan? I, I'm just assuming based a, on you know your your sports loyalty. You're from a, you're from Massachusetts. Look big Patriots fan Big Celtics fan, huge Bruins yeah. fan, couldn't care less about the Red Sox. Well, that, that's right now, but you're also not really a baseball fan right now. But but then why don't I take this opportunity to get into the Houston Astros? Oh, oh. no, yeah. you want to be a, right now? I'm telling you, I want to be a Cubs. To, I'll get on the Cubs bandwagon. Sell, sell, sell on the Astros. Buy, buy, buy on the. Red I was Sox. rooting for for the Mets buy in the, the playoffs. Cubs. The Cubs are going to be great next year. What about the Mets? Should I root for the, the Mets? Mets are, the Mets are, I would say, are on a little bit of a decline. Why not? You could you could always be miserable like me and and root for the Mets. Um, I won't <laughs> deny you that. Um, but when we when we finally win our World Series in probably like fifteen to twenty years from now, because that's you have to understand the Mets are cyclical like that. Um, we our chance only really comes around every fifteen or twenty years, and we sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't. Um, but the, the Cubs are, I, I could, I could see you being a Cubs fan. Like I could see you, you have, you have, you definitely have the spirit of a, of a Cubs fan. Th- thank you. Question mark. So, um, yeah. but you know, I was to, to kind of, cause we got to wrap up here. We're like so far over time. It's not, we're at a, an hour and 10 minutes. Um, but just to, to put a bow on the football discussion, I realized this the other day after the Patriots won the Super Bowl. I am so so spoiled that I have grown up when the Patriots won their first Tom Brady Super Bowl in 2001. I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. I have lived my entire life basically with one of the greatest sports franchises in the history of sports up there with the Jordan Bulls up there with the, the magic Lakers one of the best sports, fr- winningest sports franchises in all of sport. What is going to happen when they start to suck? Because it will happen. It has to happen. Yeah. Like, I, I am, yes. you know, like like when you're like a Mets fan or, or, a, or a Cubs fan, like you live so long and it's that much sweeter when you finally win. I felt like not that, I obviously was excited when they won, but like, I'm not like still thinking, like it's not that big of a deal that they won. Like, it no. would, <laughs> like, 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 like them coming it's back from the greatest part. deficit ever was not that big of a surprise. I mean, it was fun, but it, I wasn't like shocked. Like, how did that well, happen? No, I know how it happened. They're the best ever. Yeah, I mean, it, 
you ask a ask a Patriots fan who was a fan of the Patriots all through the eighties and and early nineties. You're and, exactly and their, right. That that first win was tremendously sweet. But you that. also have to remember, in my lifetime too, the Red Sox won what three World Series? The Bruins won the Stanley Cup. The Celtics won the NBA championship. I even think the New England Revolution won a MLS Cup. Like I, I just I am I've lived in New England at a time when New England sports as a whole has never been better. It's all yeah. downhill from here. <laughs> like maybe we I, get another I, I Super Bowl or two about, out of Brady, but think about yeah, just the, like the end of the Belichick era. Where's the team? Going? Although he has, he has, he really has built a very dominant organization. Oh, they're going to be winning. You got Bob, you got Bob Kraft leading the team. You also remember too, Celtics are going to be a high seed in the playoffs this year. Obviously, the Cavaliers and Warriors are fantastic, but behind them, they're right up there. Um, the Red Sox, as you mentioned, are are, are going to be looking pretty good. The Bruins just fired their coach, so maybe not as good, but things are still looking good for for you know. They, there's a reason they call Boston Title Town. And that's because we win a lot. I've never heard that. And now I have to root for the friggin' Texans and the Astros and the Rockets. (laughs) Lucky me. What a shame. All right, Matt. Well, we're going to put a pin in it because we've got to wrap up and move on. I hope everyone out there had as much fun as we did talking about this. If you would like more Up for Debate, we have a place you can go, upfordebate.tv. It's our website. Go there, get all our past episodes, audio, video, the whole nine yards, and get caught up. I recommend you check that out. You can subscribe by going to upfordebate.tv slash subscribe, and there it has all the links to all the places you can subscribe. Get a new episode when they're live, videos on YouTube, audio on really everywhere, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, basically anywhere you get audio, we're there. Um, and in most major podcasting apps. I'll also mention you can get in touch with us. Let us know what you thought of our Super Bowl prop bets, topics you'd like us to discuss. We want to hear from you. UpfordebateTV at gmail.com is the email at UpfordebateTV on Twitter. And lastly, you can leave us a voicemail at 508-644-TECH. That's 508-644-8324. And we might play it on the show. Matt and I will be back um, another time with uh, more exciting things to discuss But until then, we greatly appreciate you joining us and hope to see you next time for even more exciting debate here on Up for Debate.